Turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5. Pardon me? Oh, I can't help it. It's the way the Lord called me. Acts chapter 5. When you get there, stand please. We're going to begin with verse 17. Acts chapter 5. Beginning with verse 17, then the high priest rose up and all that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation, and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. The angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go, stand, and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. And when they had heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest came and they that were with him and called the council together and all the senate of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told, saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety and the keepers standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man within. Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these things, they doubted of them, whereunto this would grow. And then one came and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then went the captain with the officers And brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. And then Peter And the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and give forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey Him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you and praise you, and we just thank you for this opportunity to be back in your house this morning. And Father, thank you for those that have come out. And Lord, I just pray now as I break the bread of life, you'll give me the words to say to feed your flock. And Lord, I just pray that you'll give me boldness and authority to proclaim those things you've laid upon my heart. Speak those things you'd have me to speak. Father, I don't know the spiritual condition of those that are here, but Lord, if there's a need, especially concerning salvation, Lord, if there's one here that knows you not as Savior, may your Holy Spirit convict and convince them their need for salvation before it's everlasting too late. So Lord, may we worship you in spirit and in truth this morning. May you have your way in our hearts and our lives. You've heard the prayer requests. Pray the Lord your will be done with these requests as you see fit. We love you and we praise you. and Thank you for this 
wonderful opportunity. For in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please be seated. First thing I want to say is Christian journey is often hard, isn't it? I don't have to tell you, all of us faced hard times in our walk. And you know why? It's because the world hates Christ and he hates us because of Christ. You see, to the world, we're like that square peg that they're trying to force into a round hole. And it's because we identify ourselves with the Lord and Savior. And they hate that. Don't think for a moment they're going to pat you on the back because you love Christ and you serve him. Because it's just the opposite. They're going to come more to admiring you and praising you if you're the biggest drunk, biggest drug addict, biggest pornographer, biggest murderer, biggest thief in the world. They'll acknowledge you. They'll point their fingers and say, well done. But for those of us that live for Christ, live godly and morally and try to live righteously, we are the drugs of the world. Isn't that a shame? But that's how it is. I want to remind you that even though we struggle in our walk, and it is a struggle. Listen, it's going to get worse. I can't emphasize that enough, child of God. You think it's bad now? You have not seen nothing yet? It's going to get worse before the Lord returns. But listen to me. Jesus knows exactly what we are experiencing and what we are going to experience. You say, well, how do you know that? Because he already experienced it. And believe me, he experienced a whole lot worse than we're ever going to experience. But remember what he said to the apostles in John 15? They hated me, they're going to hate you also. So life is going to be a struggle. So my question that I want to bring to you this morning, subject if you will, is how do we become strengthened? How do we get courage? What do we need to be the Christians that we need to be? Now listen, these apostles, these weren't ordinary men. These were men that walked with the Lord Jesus Christ, saw Jesus crucified, saw him resurrected, and they were empowered by the Holy Ghost. And I know Baptists hate to hear that word, Holy Ghost. It scares them. Oh, you're starting to sound Pentecostal. Holy Ghost is Holy Ghost. We say Holy Spirit because it's the same, but it kind of nerves people. But can I tell you something? Can I encourage you this morning? That same Holy Ghost that filled those apostles is the same Holy Ghost you got inside of you if you are born again. If you are saved, that same Holy Spirit. And the reason these men were able to perform mighty miracles was through the power of God working through the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. Now notice... They weren't out there charging for their miracles and healings. But they performed mighty works because they were obedient. Even though it wasn't easy. They were obedient. And I'm just going to tell you. The reason they accomplished great things was through 
the power of God, not in their own strength and their own power. I, I wish I could get people to understand. You will never accomplish a single thing in your own strength and in your own power. If you're going to accomplish anything for God, it's going to be through His strength and His power. And that power comes through the Holy Spirit. Amen? So, let's get into our text. Notice in 17. Then the high priest rose up and all that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation. Now, I want you to understand the Sadducees and their resistance. First of all, the Sadducees was a sect, and they were very loyal to the law. In fact, they served the law very rigid, okay? But they were totally against the gospel of Jesus Christ. They never recognized Jesus as the Messiah, the Christ, the Savior. And not only that, the thing that really blew their minds and the thing that angered them more than anything was the gospel and the message of the resurrection. Understand this morning, had Jesus not died and been buried and rose again, then you and I would be in trouble. There would be no life after death. But they didn't believe in the resurrection. And they didn't believe that Christ was who he claimed to be. Therefore, you already see they're already condemned. Even though they're religious as they can be. And you see, Satan in the world doesn't mind how religious you are. You can be as religious as you want to be. You can worship any God you want to. Just don't preach in the name of Jesus. When you start preaching the gospel about his death, his burial, and his resurrection, and you start preaching Jesus, that's where they have a problem today. Oh, it's okay. Whatever you want to believe. Wherever you want to go. Whatever you want to do. Because the devil has put a, pulled a good one on the world. You see, the devil has convinced the world that, you know what? You can save yourself. If you're good enough, if you work hard enough, you can go to heaven on your own merit. And the sad thing is, the world has swallowed that hook, line, and sinker. What a shame. And I'll get in trouble if TV evangelists would preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's Jesus, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. I am the door to heaven for man. If they would preach that and not this other stuff, we wouldn't have need for them. But you see, what would happen is we'd put them out of business. But no, they want to keep people dangling 
So that's why they preach, oh yeah, you can go to heaven if you do this and you do that. Can I tell you something? Jesus, when he died on the cross, he did it all once and for all. There's nothing else that needs to be done. Nothing else. So anyways, that's the Sadducees. You see, they were sad, you see? Anyways, and he, they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. As I was studying, I was thinking, you know, just about every one of the Lord's apostles, they were jailbirds. I mean, think about it. There wasn't no one that had a clean record. They all did time for something. And I was thinking, wow, you really hadn't done any time. I won't say I haven't been to the jail, but I haven't spent no time in jail. But that might change one of these days. And it might be sooner than I would like to think. But here are the apostles, and to shut them up, the Pharisees and Sadducees, that whole little clique, that whole little sect there, you see, they wanted to shut them up because if you'll read verses 12 through 16, you'll find God performing mighty works through them for the people. And you see, by doing that, the Pharisees and Sadducees, they were angry. And they had indignation because that was taking away from them. So they put them in prison. Well, that will shut them up. They won't be able to preach anymore. We've got them where we want them. But you know, God had a different idea. The Bible says in the very next verse, But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors, and brought them forth. Now, like I say, what's impossible for man is not impossible with God. What's impossible for man is not impossible with God. God can do anything. You see, here's the problem with the world. The world wants to control everything. And not only that, The world doesn't have an explanation when it comes to God and when it comes to faith. You know, think about this. For an unbeliever, in order to be saved, that unbeliever has to just have faith and trust in the gospel. Trust that Jesus is who he claimed to be and he did what he did for us. But to the world, they want proof. There's got to be evidence. They want to see with their own eyes. But I've been saved long enough to see the hand of God perform miracles in too many lives for me to doubt. How about you? So this isn't no problem for God. 
Let me ask you a question this morning. Have you ever felt backed out in a corner by the devil at times? Oh, there's been many times in my Christian walk I have felt like the old devil's got me backed in a corner. Understand, child of God, when you feel like those prison walls are too high, they're too thick, there is the Lord that can deliver you. There's no prison too dark and no bars that are too heavy and strong that God can't deliver you if you'll just trust him. Now here the apostles are. What were they doing? What God told them to do. And they end up in jail. And then the Lord sends an angel to deliver them. And look what verse 20 says. Go, stand, and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. Now, understand, they had a purpose. God had a purpose for them. Child of God, church, God has a purpose for us. Just as he told them to go, stand, and speak all the words of this life, we as believers, we as the church of the living God, we have also purpose and we should also be obedient and go stand and speak. Notice, the angel led them out and told them what to do. In verse 21, and when they heard that, what did they do? Oh, they slept for another hour or two. Oh, well, you know, we were in prison. Let's go take a bath. Oh, I'm a little hungry. Food in here wasn't very good. Let's go sit down and get us some breakfast. No, no, no. The Bible says that when they left, they immediately went to the temple to do what God told them to do. We need people that will be obedient and will do what God tells you to do. Oh, if we only realized the purpose that the Lord saved us. Let me ask you a question. Do you remember where you were when you got saved? Remember when you met Jesus for the first time? Whew, nothing like it. Did he make a change in your life? Has it been the greatest thing that ever happened to you? We can all attest, absolutely, greatest thing that ever happened to us. Well, if he saved us, he did that for us, he made that change in us, don't you think he can do the same thing in others? So our purpose is to serve the Lord. He didn't save us to sit on a pew. He saved us to serve him. And one of the ways we serve him is by sharing him with others. Right? Notice they went straight to it. And I assure you, when they got there and they began teaching the word and preaching the word, they weren't talking about legalism. They weren't talking about the law. They were talking about the resurrected Christ. And beloved, that should be something that you and I should be willing to talk about and share with everyone. The simple message, and I'll be the first to tell you, it's an unbelievable message. But I know it's true. Because I've experienced it myself. 
noticed. But the high priest came and they were with him and called the council together. And all of the senate and the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and found them not in prison, they returned and told, saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety, and the keepers standing without before the door. But when we had opened, we found no man within. But then look at verse 24. Now when the high priest and the captains of the temple and the chief priests heard these things, they doubted of them where until this would grow. Temple chief of police goes to the prison, bring the prisoners back before the high priest council. And when he gets there, huh, jail's empty. There's no one there. Oh, the doorkeepers are there. Guards are there. Amazing to me, they didn't have a clue. Those poor guards... I didn't even realize they were gone. Well, they come back, and when they tell them, <laughs> they're not there, they begin to worry a little bit because they didn't understand. And it goes back again to that thing that just drives them crazy. It's called faith. And they begin to shudder and think, what in the world is happening? We can't understand this. And it's true, child of God, the world don't understand us. They, they, they don't know why we come to church on Sundays. They think we're wasting our time. They don't know why we read our Bibles. They don't know why we pray. They don't know why we share the gospel, talk about Jesus all the time. Well, beloved, understand. Even though they don't have faith. And they don't understand. It's up to you and I to try to get them to understand the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't understand it. They've got this whole town going crazy. So... One of them comes and says, hey, I know where they're at. They may not be in jail, but I can tell you where they're at. They're in the temple. And you know that kind of ticked them off. Who do they think they are? Well, they're men of God. They are men of God that aren't afraid of jail. They're not afraid of being hurt. You can threaten them all day long they don't care because they are serving the living God. So they go and they gather them before them. And notice what's said. Notice. And when they had brought them, verse 27, they set them before the council and a high priest asked them, saying, did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled 
Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Did you not hear me? I said you couldn't preach in his name. You can't teach in his name. Y'all shut up. You were causing this town to go crazy. (laughs) I can just see Peter. Oh, buddy, listen to me. We are to obey God rather than you ninnies. Amen. Man. You can put us in prison. Go ahead. We'll just get out again. You can beat us. Guess what? We won't feel a thing. We are going to serve God. And beloved, when you're journeying in this old life, you're traveling this old life, It's often a rough journey. And it's hard and there's going to be things that you're going to suffer. But understand, you'll never be alone. He is right there with you. Each step of the way. And when you are standing for him, there is nothing that can harm you. Jesus said in Matthew 10 not to be afraid of the one that can kill the body. But fear him that's able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Listen. One of these days you and I could be called upon by the Lord to give our life for him. But beloved, if you're blood-bought, you belong to him, you know you're a born-again child of God, heaven awaits you. Listen, I've said it many times here, and I'll probably say it till the day I die. You can't scare me with heaven. Mm -mm. You want to put me in the ground, go ahead, because you're just putting a shell in. My soul's with the Lord. And I'm going to get a brand new body. It's going to be in a lot better shape than this one. Amen. Ain't going to be no aches or pains. Again, we told you. I don't care what you say. You see, I have a higher calling. Amen. Understand. And I'm talking about Peter and I believe me I'm not Peter by any stretch but understand Peter had a higher authority that called him and the other apostles with a purpose to get the gospel out and he was not afraid of what man could do to him and I want to encourage you child of God don't be afraid of what the world and man can do to you because we have the authority of Almighty God Himself. And let me throw this in. God is God. 
He controls everything, and there's nothing, get this, there's nothing that society and the world can do to stop him. You understand that this morning? Nothing, even though they try. You see, this world did not redeem me. This world didn't give me salvation. Jesus did. Jesus redeemed me. I am a bought child of the King of Glory. And so are you. So there's nothing to fear because we're here on God's authority. Now notice what he says. 29, Peter and the other apostles answered and said we ought to obey God rather than men. That sums it up pretty much. But notice what he says. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus whom you slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God has given to them that obey him. Do you understand? Peter just shared the gospel with them. Simple gospel. God gave his son to be our savior who, by faith, by his wonderful grace, offers redemption and the forgiveness of sins. The gospel. And of course, earlier, what was one of the things that the Pharisees and the Sadducees said? You're turning Jerusalem upside down and listen, with your doctrine and you're not about to declare we're guilty of the blood of this man. Well, they were guilty. But so were you and me. All of mankind is guilty before God. It was our sins that he came into the world to die for. And it was our sins that were placed upon him so that he might atone and redeem us and pay the penalty from our sins. Hello. Hey. Brother, you want me to shut that off for you? You need my glasses? Oh, my Lord. Listen, I can't say nothing. It's happened to me before. It's embarrassing because I thought I turned it off. Where would we be without cell phones? Would we be better off? Sometimes I think we'd be a whole lot better off. (laughs) But let me ask you something. 
You know, the old devil likes to use things to take our minds off what's needed, what's needful. But we need strength today. You see, these men are examples to me, and I pray they are to you. Listen. Threat of death. Threat of prison. Threat of being beat within inches of their life. But it never got them to say, you know what? I'm throwing in the towel. Just ain't worth it. Oh, no, these weren't common men. These men had been with the Lord. And beloved, you say you're saved. I say I'm saved. We shouldn't be common men either. We have the same thing that they had. The problem is we just don't apply it. Isn't that a shame? Because God is counting on you and me. Church, he's counting on us to get the gospel out. Because people are dying every day without the Savior. Now, if you'll jump on down, this wasn't in our text. But it says this in verse 40. And to him they agreed, and when they called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Look at verse 41. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. You think the devil and the council had the last laugh, the last laugh. Well, we'll just beat the tar out of them. Well, okay. They whipped them. I guess they already knew ain't no sense in putting them in prison because they'll just get out again. So they whipped them. And I'm going to tell you, it wasn't one of these little stop, don't do that no more. They were beat. Blood was brought, top of the flesh. But the Bible says that they rejoiced when they left, praising God for the opportunity to suffer in his name. Now, if that had been me or you, I would have been in firing in my mind hmm, how can I get revenge but not the apostles you see they rejoiced you say there must have been something wrong with them who rejoices in getting beat when it comes to the savior he gives us a peace that passes all understanding And he also gives us a joy. Even in sorrow, there's joy. Even in pain, there's joy. They didn't feel a thing. May look like it. And I assure you, when they were released after taking the beating, they did not 
walk out into the streets with their heads hung down, going, oh, I suffered. No, they were rejoicing and praising God. I guess what I'm trying to get across encloses this. The Lord empowered them. God made them the men they were because, one, they were surrendered to him, and two, he filled them with the Holy Spirit. And that's where all of the power comes from. We can't do it in our own strength, as I said earlier. It's got to be through His power by the Holy Spirit. But He empowered them. He gave them purpose. He gave them authority. And because of it, many souls were won to Christ. Many miracles were performed. And listen, those miracles that they performed authenticated that Christ was who he claimed to be. It was God that did all the healing, but he used them as vessels so that it authenticated. He is truly the Son of God. Don't believe this other hooey-fooey stuff you see on TV. Now, journey in this life at times is hard, and it's going to get harder. Not going to be easy. But I assure you, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. If you'll just surrender yourself and say, Lord, empower me. And go in the power of his spirit and his might. Listen, there's no doubt you can accomplish great things for his glory. Great things. You say, well, I don't know enough of the Bible. I get, thank you, sister, that's right. Why don't you? But the point is, lots of folks, you know, well, I I get tongue-tied. I'm tongue-tied every time I stand before you. I can't help it, but I just trust the Lord that you're going to get what you need. (laughs) Used to scare me to death, crowds. I'd have never thought. Mm -mm. When I was in school, I'd have a book report. Miss Myers, here's mine. Okay. I could have had an A probably. Instead of settling for a C because I didn't want to stand up in front of people. I was terrified. And not saying, oh, look at you now. No, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm trying to say, God can empower you to do the impossible. If you'll just surrender. So this morning, ask for strength. And this morning, tell yourself, Lord, I'm willing to submit myself. I'm willing to do anything you want me to do. And I'm not going to depend on me or anyone else, but only you. Pray that prayer and ask the Lord to use you. And see what he's going to accomplish with you. Now you might be under the sound of my voice this morning and you don't even know the Savior. I would encourage you to come to him. You see... He sent his son into the world to die for our sins. 
And Jesus came, and he did that very thing. And he promises, if you'll come and receive him into your heart, that he'll forgive you of every sin and that he will give you eternal life. And you'll never have to worry about death because you'll have eternal life. You'll never die spiritually. You might die physically if he doesn't come back in your lifetime. But you're never going to die spiritually. But I can assure you if you reject him, you're going to face death twice. Physically and spiritually. And spiritual death is eternal separation from God. So, sinner friend, God loves you. You've not sinned so much that he can't forgive you his grace is not sufficient listen his grace is sufficient for everyone but you got to come so would you do that this morning as we stand and bow our heads